0: Thank you for listening to this Podcast One Sportsnet production, available on Apple Podcasts and Podcast One. Now is the chance to use reliable energy to grow your money with the Dominion Energy Reliability Investment. Our new investment product offers competitive returns, no maintenance fees, and flexible online access to your money. Make the reliable investment in reliable energy. The Dominion Energy Reliability Investment. To find out more, go online to reliabilityinvestment.com. That's reliabilityinvestment.com. Have you been wanting to lose
1: weight and get healthy? Now's the perfect time to start Nutrisystem. Enjoy your favorite foods made healthier, delivered free to your door. Right now, you can get Uniquely Yours Ultimate, our most complete foolproof plan at an amazing price. Order today and save 50%, plus get an extra $40 off. Go to Nutrisystem.com save and discover what millions of people already know. Nutrisystem works. Limitations apply. See website for full offer details.
2: Hey guys, have you checked out the official Lakers podcast yet? It's better than ever this season. Join host Mike Trudell and co-host Aaron Larsoul every Monday night as they discuss the Lakers news of the day, break down the games from the week, and have exclusive interviews from players, coaches, and staff. This week the Lakers, though they took on the Clippers on Christmas Day and didn't quite go the way they wanted to, but Mike Trudell and Aaron Larsoul are going to break it down for you like no other. You want to make sure that you check it out. Be sure to tune in to the official Lakers podcast to get all the game highlights. Finding a dress shirt that fits is very hard. I can't tell you how many times I have purchased one and then just been woefully disappointed because one part fits and then the rest of the the shirt is either too long, too short, too round, whatever it is, it doesn't work. But too round, you say? Yes. Yes. The solution has come, and it is Proper Cloth. Proper Cloth will custom fit a shirt, and it's never been easier. At ProperCloth.com, you can easily create a custom shirt size in seconds. You just answer 10 questions, and then this wonderful thing called machine learning allows them to figure out what size you are. And the crazy thing is that I doubted it, but I tried it out, and it actually worked. The shirt that I bought uh, from Proper Cloth fit perfectly not only does proper cloth make it easy to create your custom shirt size they make it really simply to customize it to the nth degree you want a bigger pocket or a bigger left cuff for your watch there are 30 different style points that you can choose to get the exact style that you want so this is a totally custom shirt proper cloth also works with the best fabric producers from around the world and they only buy fabrics that meet their high quality expectations each one of their shirts goes through extensive quality control testing so you're getting the absolute best quality and craftsmanship all their styles every single one comes with a perfect fit guarantee so if it doesn't fit just set it back there was
3: like a perfect fit guarantee for a quarterback in the
2: draft yeah that'd be great well maybe proper cloth can work on it just 10 questions get your quarterback anyways proper cloth has been featured in many top publications such as the new york times wall street journal esquire gq and fast company gq even calls them their new favorite online custom shirt maker Proper Cloth is also going to allow you to get a couple of buckaroos knocked off your your, uh, shirt total. So go to propercloth.com slash PFF and enter the gift code PFF20 to save $20 off your first shirt. See why Proper Cloth is the best custom shirt maker around. Propercloth.com slash PFF.
3: It's the day after Christmas. Apparently, it's called Boxing Day. No, it's called Everybody Catching Up on Making Their Podcast Day. Oh, okay. L- luckily, we have a Thursday podcast, so this is the normal time. It's a normal
2: time for us. The only difference is that I feel like I'm on the verge of death. So, really, I'm just trying to make up some life at this moment. Why are you almost dead? Well, I was alone for Christmas, which isn't me trying to get sympathy, because I actually enjoy I enjoyed it, and I enjoyed it just a little too much. And the problem was that it's hard to cook things for one person. You know, there's no recipe for one person. There aren't many ribeye steaks that are really just for one person, especially when you go like appetizer, baked potato. Right. And uh, so I had this like set, I had like three meals planned and I get to I finish the steak and baked potato portion and I'm like wow I'm really full it's like 5pm and uh, but I had planned to make this whole apple crisp I had a pint of vanilla ice cream and I was saving that for the Lakers Clippers game I was like well I can't not I can't bail yeah, out now not. so I, I make it, I eat half of it and I'm sitting there at like 10 o'clock I'm legitimately hunched over a chair praying that like my stomach will start to feel normal so I can sleep it's not. I was going to ask
3: if you went to mass yesterday. Yeah, I was praying at, this
2: at, the moment. End, at the end of the day. You were at mass. I was praying to baby <laughs> Jesus, and uh, I'm sitting there. I'm like, oh my god! I still needed to write a little bit of our article. I'm sitting there, like standing up, writing, oh my god. kind of like a zombie. Deep breaths. I could not fall asleep. I'm sweating. I have air conditioning turned on as low as it could possibly go. I wake up this morning. I'm like, oh my god, I feel like I'm gonna die.
3: I think our I think our listeners and viewers are pretty happy to know that like you've experienced something that we've no doubt all <laughs> experienced. Given, uh, uh, you know your, uh, you know, like for example, the one time we had, to, I had to discuss with you that. There's a significant part of this country that eats McDonald's as like a treat, mm-hmm. and, and you think it's like the the biggest travesty of all time. I can't believe that. Yeah. And, and so, at least now we know that you go through that, at least. You eat too much sometimes. I eat way too much, to the point where I when I was working
2: out this morning, I thought I was going to pass out. I smelled like meat, basically. <laughs> it was bad. So, if I die in the middle of this podcast, you'll know why. Uh, how was your... Christmas. You made it back, thankfully.
3: It was great. I got to host uh, a radio show prior to the Vikings game with uh, former Vikings quarterback Sage Rosenfels. Who, it, interestingly, if he had played quarterback for the Vikings, probably would have done better. Yeah. Might have had a chance. Well, I, I had to explain to Sage that like, when he was... So he, he got traded to the Vikings when, they, when their starter was Tadvaris Jackson, who I could not stand. And so I was... I think I named my fantasy team one year t- uh, Age of Sage. And and then the Vikings went and signed Favre. That's and, of really course, funny. like my team name is now rendered Mood, right? Yeah, yeah. And so uh, so I told him I, I was momentarily disappointed that they signed Favre in lieu of him. Uh, and he, he had a chuckle at that, given how good Favre played that year. I, the Vikings quarterbacks
2: are such a funny group. Dude, of, it's unbelievable. It's really a motley crew. That game that we um, have not spoken since that game on a podcast
3: I, it, so it, it was the last leg of our lock of the week it was which, Th- we didn't need we didn't need to tease it well, well we did need to tease buffalo though that was a good thing so there was a, like an actually like the perfect teaser is when neither leg covers the actual spread yep. but covers the teaser we had at least one that didn't cover the spread but cover the teaser so green bay ended up winning outright
2: obviously convincingly and when we talked on the monday prior we really liked The Packers as more than three point underdogs obviously got it to four and a half five, so you would have been golden there, golden if you'd taken the money line. Someone just asked you before we came in here when you knew that the Vikings (laughs) had no shot. For me personally, so the turnover happens and you go, oh wow, maybe this is one of those games for Rogers, and you go, well actually, hold on, pump the brakes here. I got to see Kirk Cousins throw a pass first. Yeah. So he gets out there, he's on the ten yard line. And I think this was the second pass he threw, but it was like an out on the left side. Uh, was it to a running back? Might have been... C.J. Ham. It was
3: like a flare to C.J.
2: Ham, And he overthrew. overthrows him by eight feet. Yeah. Like, you could have stacked LeBron on Anthony Davis, and, well, Patrick Beverly would have ended up blocking the shot, but, like, they still wouldn't have had a chance, and that's when I knew... Actually, this game isn't even close to over.
3: It's crazy because I was I was in Western Wisconsin with my family. Hello, family. They they were upset I didn't shout them out on the radio. They, but, really? Um, They're but, definitely yeah. listening now. <laughs> but uh, and my my uncle is a diehard Packers fan and. Like, the entire first half, he's just beside himself over how they, like, just missed opportunity after opportunity after opportunity. Devontae Adams drops a touchdown, so they, they go into halftime behind. Um, Rodgers throws a pick, finally, to Anthony Harris. Like, Rodgers completed two of, what was it, ten passes beyond ten yards. He was horrible he wasn't, that He wasn't good at all. And and just, you know, the Vikings just showed their limitations because, again— they run two receivers or less more than any team in the league. One of those receivers runs slower than I do right now, and Adam Thielen. Um, they couldn't run the ball with with Boone, and they tried. That was their biggest problem: was they tried to run the football with uh, with um, uh, can't remember his first name Boone, Mike, uh, Mike Boone, and. And it just wasn't successful in Green Bay, to their credit, like made Garrett Bradbury look like early season Garrett Bradbury. I mean, he gave up three sacks, most sacks, I think center's given up in a few years. So it wasn't great. was not <laughs> great. Uh, Rodgers was uh, but just to underscore this Rodgers was terrible again I mean the only thing they got offensively throwing the football were these old dinking dunk plays to Devontae Adams who was making plays after the catch and I know like not everything was his fault with the fumbles and everything but you know if you're Green Bay you come out of that game you think okay our defense can beat Kirk Cousins when he when he you know turns into a pumpkin but are here they're not satisfied with their offense are they no they can't be and the crazy thing about Green Bay
2: is that they are going they have a legit shot at home field. I know. Unreal. Which is unbelievable to think. I mean, um, at 86, 87 pass rating, 5.8 yards per attempt from a clean pocket for Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers has been repeatedly below average from a clean pocket, which I can't stress how ridiculous that is to be considering him a top three, top five quarterback when he's below average from a situation where the average quarterback rating is over 100 so you're not scared of their offense. I don't think unless you're you have Kirk Cousins a quarterback you're that scared of their defense and yet they could be the number 1 team in the NFC which underscores I really think what this playoffs is all about which is it's wide open. Yes. Right now the odds on favorite according to sports books to win the Super Bowl are the Baltimore Ravens plus 200. Which
3: is ridiculous to me and i don't even think i would take them right now to come out of the afc i mean well they're one they're minus 130 to come out of the afc which is again like you're looking at uh you know you're you're looking at a substantial there are substantial fate like favorites to win both of those games uh, as a result of that you know uh, of that price and you're just i mean and I lo- we love the Ravens, right? They do a lot of things very smartly. They they did a great job of reengineering their defense midseason to get a competent group there, a very good group, frankly. There, um, Lamar Jackson's the MVP of the league in all likelihood, all that kind of stuff. And yet, I think like the no, like if I were to take the I-, I would take the field over the Ravens any day of the week at this point, just given what you're laying in terms of a price. I'm right there with you. The team that out
2: of the AFC that. Intrigues me the most are your Kansas City Chiefs. Yeah. Despite the fact that they have no run game and that they're, I don't like their defense. Despite the fact that their defense has done well lately, that's all a function of the fact that they've played terrible offenses. But when you see Pat Mahomes in the snow, eviscerating people from inside and outside the pocket, that's the thing that travels. And by the way, the Super Bowl is in Miami. It's not in the North Pole, so people can get over this whole. Well, you got to run the football
3: because yeah. it's just totally crap. Mahomes had less than 5% of his throws negatively graded in the snow game against Denver, who's a good defense with a great secondary in, in, in many cases. So, yeah, I mean, the idea that Baltimore— Baltimore are basically being lined right now as a 75%, 25% favorite against in the, both of their teams. And, again, I get it at home, but, like, if they're facing Kansas City at home— they are not, set, you know, they're no, not, not minus 300. No if, chance. If, if they're hosting New England, I still think they're not minus 300. If they're facing Houston again, like, again, especially if Will Fuller plays, they're not minus 300. Tennessee could also give them problems should they get that far. And so I get that the Ravens are the strongest team. They're hot. And, you know, they're, there's not a ton of things you can say badly about them other than I think people are just over their skis a little bit with respect to they, to them. Here's a question though. You talk about the NFC. You talk about division or sorry, uh, uh, conference futures. Right now, San Francisco is considered the favorite to win the NFC. At least at a bet online here, plus one seventy five. New Orleans second at plus two hundred. Green Bay plus three fifty. And then after that, it's a bunch of crap. In fact, Seattle's plus seven hundred, which I gotta look and see. That's uh, that's not a great value, but are we a little bit overrating san francisco given that they have basically what a 57 43 chance just to even get a buy/home game should they be like should they be favorites no, no. yeah cause, like, mathematically be. speaking i just don't think that that's, that that makes
2: sense it it does not and I, there's a little bit of nostalgia built into this in my opinion which is the niners are such a storied franchise it's christmas the red those yeah, reds yeah, yeah. people are looking at them and getting excited but the 49ers are not as strong a team as the new orleans saints and despite the fact that they beat the saints we need to stop worrying about a one game sample yeah. size as the determining factor and which team is better right. that's just ludicrous today and i think you may, you brought this point up yesterday and i think it sums it up perfectly one of the things that we do is instead of looking at the final score of the game, we say, well, how did these teams grade out? And if the score were to go according to how they played, in other words, how they graded, what would the score be? And in that New Orleans San Francisco game, New Orleans actually would won that game by a couple of points given how yeah. well they played, which isn't to say that, oh, they just you know the the score lies to you or whatever. It's mm-hmm. just to say that there are things that they did that they didn't actually get credit for on the scoreboard that you should be paying attention to and that sums up the saints overall this season which is yeah. there are things that they've done that have not shown up in their record or in the games that they've played that you should be paying attention to and they are the they are the team out of the nfc that you should be most worried about and most likely to come out of the sorry at the nfc um without a doubt without a doubt they have the better quarterback than the niners they have the better chance yeah. at at getting a buy in
3: the first round. Um, and those two things really, really matter. Yeah, I mean, the, the thing is, I think people think Seattle is dead. And I I don't think we're going to end up picking them this week against the spread. But the fact of the matter is, is they're being undervalued right now. And not to say that they're going to win, but there's a significant number of universes where San Francisco doesn't even get a chance to play a home game in the playoffs. And so should they be the favorite to win the NFC? Absolutely not. At least with New Orleans, you're going to get like the worst case scenario for the New Orleans Saints is to get the three seed and to play Minnesota in the first round, a team that I'm sorry, I cannot see going into New Orleans and winning. And then they go to basically go to Green Bay or San Francisco after that. And again, if they go to Green Bay, like I think that game should be at worst to pick them if if New Orleans is in Green Bay. And so they win that game and then they go to San Francisco. And again, like, you know, we talked about this last week with the Saints, like they go on the road to San Francisco it's going to be good weather. Breeze is going to be fine outside in that situation. And we're starting to see, like, some things that have to materialize for the Saints to materialize. Jared Cook is the most efficient tight end in the NFL over the last month and a half. You know, uh, Alvin, Alvin Kamara came out of his slump last week and had had some explosive plays. Their offensive line is terrific. Their defense, you know, ha- is banged up a little bit. But, you know, they've gotten reinforcements in that secondary in, in D.J. Swearinger and uh, Janora Stinkins, like, that's a team like to me all these prices are are inflated but new orleans is the one that offers value i think if you're looking at them plus 200 to win the nfc or uh i believe plus 500 to win the super bowl everything else is sort of like tough i mean maybe new england at plus 500 but i can't i can't buy into that what about dallas uh (laughs) they're not the dallas cowboys are not dead yet and yeah the problem is is it's still not
2: an it's still not enough i know it's not a plus ev play but the point i wanted to bring up was that everyone rejoiced in philadelphia after that win last week and one of the reasons that dallas had value early on or not early on but a few weeks ago was because they could have lost this game That's and so cool. as we can see the the eagles are four and a half five point favorites in in new york without zackers potentially yeah. like that should be terrifying.
3: Well, and New, the New York Giants do a thing that can really hurt Philadelphia, which is score points, because Philadelphia can't score points can't score on a, points. On a con- consistent basis. And I know the Giants prevent a lot of points, but or sorry, the Giants give up a lot of points. But it's not like I mean, the last time they played, Eli Manning was playing, and they had them on the ropes, fourteen points down on the road. I do know, I do think that you know Doug Peterson will have this team ready to play, unlike Jason Garrett. Uh, with respect to the cowboys last week but it's still it's not a sure thing and 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 the betting markets like this moved out actually i saw it earlier philadelphia to win the win the nfc was something like minus 210 and now it's like minus 300 so like people are certainly saying okay we at least think philadelphia's gonna win this week i would slow the jets there let's do a little uh power ranking resetting of the two sides of the bracket things to be
2: interesting Top three teams, both sides of the bracket. Just, you know, forget about what our Elo ratings say. Yeah. You know, take all things into account, um, and let's just go one through three on each side. So I'll go first with the NFC on the NFC side of things. It goes for me: Saints, Niners, Seahawks.
3: And you're taking Seattle because their quarterback is better than Green Bay substantially Mm -hmm. uh minnesota is a mess yep as are as is the nfc east Mm -hmm. okay i don't i don't hate it i do think seattle will if healthy will be dangerous in the playoffs right now they're uh, a little bit banged up okay i can't argue with that i'm not putting green bay top three i just can't i'm not there's no
2: chance of putting green bay in the top three and seattle has Look, Lamar Jackson is going to win the MVP. He's been the most exciting player in the NFL. But Russell Wilson has been the most valuable player to his team, and it is not particularly close. And if they can just. So, in the past couple of weeks, Seattle's supporting cast has not been average as they've been for the majority of the season they've been deplorable yeah, yeah. and he just hasn't been able to raise them from the dead you know a la jesus but if they just get back to average he can do that for a couple of games so that's why there are three in my mind uh you are did you mention your nfc guys or no no uh
3: my nfc is the same as yours my afc is baltimore kansas city 50 feet of crap and then um, and then New England. I I wanted to go with Houston, but Houston's performance last week against Tampa Bay is the same old, same old Houston, where they play like gangbusters against some teams. Like they go on the road and beat Tennessee in a game they needed to have, yep. needed to have, and should have won by more. Then they go and against Tampa Bay, and all the money goes on them, right? And, and if you had the minus two, congratulations. But if you had the minus three, you didn't get to the window, and you should have just lost the game outright. They play. You know, Watson just is not the same player without Will Fuller. That scares me a little bit. Um, But it's just like they're just up and down. There's two up and down. And so I still have to go with New England. I think beating Buffalo is actually more impressive than more people are going to give them credit for. But there's a significant gap between them and Kansas City in my mind. All right. I'm going to. So the Ravens have a better chance to make the Super Bowl because they have
2: home field. But just taking the teams right now, uh, you know, just say they're playing on a neutral field. People are going to hate me for this, but I would take the Chiefs then I would the Ravens right behind them. And then I actually don't think 50 feet of crap because of the way that we know New England can strategize. But I would put New England solidly in third and Houston. The issue with Houston is that. They are too volatile. Yeah. Like I just, I don't feel as comfortable about knowing where they're going to stand. I feel the most comfortable, as crazy as this is, with the way the Ravens have played. I feel the most comfortable about what Pat Mahomes will deliver on the field mm-hmm. than any other player in
3: the NFL yeah. right now. My concern with my concern with Kansas City in the playoffs—they can't run the ball. No, <laughs> I, my concern with Kansas City in the playoffs is their inability like I think that I think that their ability to stop the run has been has been significantly exaggerated because it doesn't matter that much. Agreed. And so um I'm a little bit worried there given how you know that's like the one like the Ravens run offense is the one in the NFL that I care about and worry about. Um but at the same time the the thing that the um Kansas City Chiefs have as an arrow in their quiver is that they can score a lot. So Which
2: matters the Super Bowl's played in Miami, I don't know if you I've told you that yet.
3: Yeah, but the AFC Championship game is going to be played in Baltimore, probably, in all likelihood. This
2: is very true. I mean, maybe it's snowing, and that really helps. We saw, you know, one game
3: sample of Mahomes in the snow, and he was very good. What what we could see, though, is we could see, you know, uh, who would be the four seed? Houston knock off Baltimore, Kansas knock off New England, and then have a home game. Could happen. I mean, if Will Fuller comes back, we'll
2: talk about this with Houston, but I'll, I'll bring this up right now. With Will Fuller, Will Fuller, Fuller. I'm I'm on the verge of death here. Will Fuller has been on the field for about half of the pass plays for Houston this season. When he's on the field, they average 7.3 yards per pass play. When he's off the field, 6.1. It is a dramatic difference. They have about twice as many gains of 20 plus yards when he's on the field compared to when he's off the field. And you can see it when you watch them play right it's just so dramatically different when will fuller is on there their ability to get big plays so if he's on if he's on the field there's no reason to think they can't be one of the most dangerous teams because deshaun watson will make plays the high value plays that can if you string them together can beat anybody so i think you've got to consider it um do you want to move right now to niner seahawks or do you want to talk a little bit more about some playoff matchups because we have that <laughs> slated for like what are some of the cooler playoff matchups and what are the mm-hmm. chances of them happening
3: yeah I, I, well let's just let's just talk about the ones like we'd like to see okay, and like how likely or uh, yeah, so first round first round matchups what well, what's one that you would be intrigued to see well it it all really depends on this uh this
2: Seattle um, uh San Francisco game because i would love to see seattle going to dallas and i'd also love to see you know the niners going to dallas but any combination of those the seattle dallas game from last year was so funny people talked about it for so long because seattle just took the ball out of russell wilson's hands and ended up losing to a was dallas such team a horrible game that we now know is is really not that good so that would be one i would really like to see um i think there's one in the wild card though on the afc side um that is also worth talking about and that would be buffalo houston
3: yeah that that's one that i wrote about in the article that we're uh we're publishing soon i i think that's a great matchup in the sense that the secondary for buffalo probably is good enough to match up with the with the receivers of houston and that's really what the you know that that they have going for them Uh, And then the question then becomes, Okay, can they eventually get enough pressure on Watson to make him struggle? Because that's really how you, you know, we saw Tampa Bay, to their credit, they covered well enough for that pressure to get home and for Watson to look pretty ordinary last Saturday. Uh, And then, you know, how does Josh Allen do, right? Because that Houston secondary has been much maligned, but since they've gotten some recent additions, they've done better. And, and, you know, J.J. Watt will likely come back. You know, they could get some pressure on Allen, but some of those stray throws that Allen has that haven't been intercepted, that Bills fans have told us repeatedly he hasn't thrown interceptions on those plays, uh, I think Houston could take advantage of it. But I, I don't think it's like a stone-cold lock of, for the home team in that case. I'm with you there. What about, um, what about Divisional Conference Championship? Uh, I'm, yeah, I'm, uh, I really, really want to see New Orleans go into Green Bay and then just like the silence you hear is Lambeau Field. Is what I, as Vern Longquist once said. That game is really interesting because
2: Green Bay would have secured home field, obviously. No, no, they would be the two seed. Sorry, yeah. what, what I mean is they would have, they would have home field in this game, which means theoretically they are better than the Saints. Yes, yep. And in Just reality, technicality, really, right? Right. Yeah. In reality, they certainly are not. But there's the mystique of, of Lambeau Field. There's also. This Aaron Rodgers guy which he may be the most Polarizing quarterback in the NFL right now And then you've got a Saints team who has just Talked all you hear about the Saints Is how well they can, they're they amazing at home But you know you get them on the road Outside Drew Brees All of a sudden his arm shrivels up and he can't Push the ball downfield and all these things you know th- Like they go from greatness To just terrible yeah. And so this would be a, a a clashing Of narratives that I think would be really interesting And you've got um, you've got matchups on both sides of the ball that would be that would be really great, right? You've got Michael Thomas, maybe the best receiver over the past four years, going up against some young cornerbacks, Jair Alexander. Then you've got some edge rushers for Green Bay going against a couple of top two tackles uh, mm-hmm. on the New Orleans side. How important it is for Drew Brees to be able to get rid of the ball quickly. Um, so I think it'd be a f- fantastic matchup.
3: Yep, absolutely. And I, it's it's one of those where green bay would likely be favored and likely be a big public side and then new orleans in our opinion probably be the team that should have been favored even even after laying a few points uh by being the road by being the uh, road team so um what about okay co- your ideal conference championship on
2: each side of the bracket would be
3: i think new orleans san francisco a rematch of the 2011 divisional game which was one of the best playoff games we've ever seen uh in the last decade right and then in the AFC side, I think it's got to be Baltimore, Kansas City. And no one wants to see the Patriots. No one wants to see the Patriots. And and we we want to see, because the other thing with Baltimore is all this public support has been for Baltimore. We just talked about it, right? But there's the last team, the last real team that Baltimore lost to was Kansas City in Week 3. Yep. And so are they going to be able to avenge that loss? You know, there's going to be there's going to be a lot of cool storylines there. Like Kansas City would legitimately be... Um, you know legitimately be thought of as a threat there uh, You know, we would we would actually hmm, That you know, basically that game What would you make that game in terms of what the, spread the point spread? Yeah, I think it would be Ravens by four Okay That is that's what elo would indicate. But then like the yeah, sort of other metrics. It just depends like the, it's such an interesting game because Th- That's why the, it's Ravens the, things, matchup. the Ravens do things <clears throat> unconventionally enough where, like, their grades are weird, right, because their quarterback runs and that, you know, but running doesn't matter unless it's a quarterback, all that kind of stuff. So it it would be an interesting matchup. I'd probably just make it minus three and and roll that way. All right, so in the Super Bowl, there I think there are two... Um, options that people would
2: really like to see. One is Baltimore-San Francisco, a rematch of a great game. And then the other is the one that I would prefer. Are we going to Chris right now? <laughs> yeah, which is Kansas City-San Francisco, which would, I think, be the ideal Super Bowl matchup because of because of the Andy Reid storyline, story because of how great Pat Mahomes is, because of the fact that this year he's kind of been under the radar. But that team is just a transcendent offense and then on the other side of things you have a san francisco team that has one of the most passionate fan bases they would all be out there um and you've got a quarterback in jimmy g who's nowhere near pat mahomes but the environment that he plays in is good enough to elevate potentially you know that offense to be a super bowl champion i I think that'd be the the ideal
3: uh super bowl matchup it'd be a great um it'd be a great matchup between two great coaches um It'd be, you know, Kyle Shanahan trying to get revenge from the time he lost when he was the Atlanta offensive coordinator. Be Andy Reid trying to, you know, get his first Super Bowl ring and basically cement his his place in you know the Pro Football Hall of Fame. Um, Patrick Mahomes obviously, Jimmy G, George Kittle, Travis Kelsey. You know, two defenses right, trending in different directions. Right, Kansas City a dumpster fire early mm-hmm. in the season, becoming one of the better defenses now. San Francisco best in the NFL And now kind of trending the wrong way um, it, it would be a great matchup and I, and I think, you know, and then there's also the history Between the two franchises, there's You know, trading Joe Montana from San Francisco yep. To Kansas City, uh, even Alex Smith, right, was like a, you know, a trade One of those where Kansas City You know, or uh, San Francisco wanted Kaepernick instead, traded Alex Smith Alex Smith has all the success for San or for Kansas City, San Francisco goes in the tank After that, it, it's, it's a pretty Cool matchup, and it has a lot of storylines And it'll be interesting to see uh, Which side Joe Montana takes
2: <laughs> yeah. Well.
3: All uh, right. You ready to go to week 17? Yeah. Let's, let's.
2: Are we do gonna this, Are we gonna do the Sunday night game first? Let's. I think we should do the Sunday night game first. We should spend a decent amount of time on Seahawks Niners because this is the first playoff game. It matters a ton especially for the Niners because if they win they get home field if they lose they're going on the road and the difference between that is massive right their chance of winning the Super Bowl would go from about 30% with a win which is like Mm -hmm. which is huge and then all of a sudden you drop down to below 10% with a loss that's how drastic um, this game is and how much it matters and I was surprised personally and I'm still a little surprised that the Seahawks are more than a three-point underdog are you no does that really not surprise you at all
3: no because here's the thing about the here's the thing about the 49ers their point differential their yards per play their epa per play all that kind of stuff both offensively and defensively are very good and they've regressed some lately but they're very good seattle no seattle point differential seattle this game reminds me of the game where we had green bay plus the three in san francisco and a lot of other people had san francisco for reasons that now are apparent which is san francisco is a very efficient team the other team is not over the course of time you know the difference here though is that the quarterback for seattle is legitimately good whereas you know the quarterback for green bay at this point in time is living off of legacy so I am somewhat surprised that it's moved out to three and a half because that's really begging people to bet Seattle I imagine the ticket count would be you know They're going to report these kind of BS ticket and money counts for this game And I think that the the guy from bet online is going to tweet out. We need we need Seattle tonight, you know um, but I, I I would not bury Seattle. I would not say they're dead here I think Russell Wilson's overcome a lot. San Francisco We talked about their game against Atlanta. It came somewhat to fruition against L.A. There are fundamental issues with San Francisco. They're still a great team, but they're not perfect. And I think some of those could rear their ugly head, uh, you know, uh, on Sunday night. Well, here's so I look at the
2: offense first and Russell Wilson is by far the better quarterback. About a 92 overall grade Jimmy G 76. So that tells you Russell Wilson has played dramatically better than Jimmy G. But San Francisco 49ers expected points added per pass play. 0.14 0.14 Seattle 0.03 right which is a large difference between the two Seattle's about league average slightly above and San Francisco's like top six They might actually be six so what that tells you is are you more confident in one singular player being great in this game or are you more confident in a scheme that has proven to be successful over the course of the season remaining successful maybe in spite of a quarterback who has the chance of being worse and that is a really interesting matchup so I, I want to say that I think the the advantage goes to San Francisco there because there's more stability in all of the mm-hmm. players that are playing and all those guys being healthy remember Kittle was out in that week 10 matchup yep. Emmanuel Sanders got hurt in that game early, early on. on and then Kendrick Bourne needed a rebirth, and <laughs> he wanted to forget that game because he all of a sudden like went out there and, and forgot how to run routes, so I would not put any stock in that game, and I think that 's the most interesting aspect of this one is do you choose the singular greatness of Russell Wilson or the team greatness of San Francisco? The defenses this is maybe my, this is my question for you: How much do the defenses matter in this game
3: Wow uh, well, I think here 's the thing. I think if they have if Seattle has the cluster injuries that they had against the last few teams, then it matters, right? If Griffin, uh Quandre Diggs, Clowney, and Michael Kendricks, some subset of three or four of those players are all out, they're screwed defensively. And I think that matters. If all of their players are playing, um I think that defense matters a lot less. I think it's basically about who the quarterback how which quarterback plays better um because we saw in the, you know in the early you know earlier matchup you know jimmy G of course the 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 the, the injuries matter, but we saw it against the Rams, like the inaccuracy is just sometimes going to bite them, and you know I don't know i so for me, I think it's more about the quarterbacks um the only thing that i would I would you know pull back on is if Seattle's missing a, like half their starters like they have been at times, then it's a problem. I want to say that it matters a little bit,
2: but I really, I really just don't think it does because Seattle's defense is bad regardless of who they have out there. And right. t- it's all about the Niners executing. It's all about Jimmy G executing. And if they do, they're going to put up points regardless of how healthy Seattle is. On the other side of things, the Niners have a lot of talent, obviously. But it still comes down to whether the Seahawks... Like, if Jamarco Jones is out there playing tackle, put me in, coach, right? Like, I'll get my Niners uh, jersey on real quick, get myself a couple of pressures, you know, off the edge. Like, it, it's just about whether those offenses can do the, the certain things that push them over to that level, right? So, Jimmy for San Francisco, it's Jimmy G being good Jimmy G. For Seattle, it's don't light the house on fire, everyone, but Russell Wilson, right? Like, just manage to not completely poop yourself yeah and if so then they've got a legit shot but i i don't think the defenses matter a whole lot in this game if if one of those defenses ends up having you know if san francisco ends up having a dominant performance it's
3: because seattle is incapable of rising to the the level russell needs yeah i I think that's i think that's perfectly said and and so it'll be interesting here because three I I am nervous as a
2: person that wants the Niners, obviously, to win because I'm a fan, but feels terrible about knowing they're more than a, a field goal favorite on the road in Seattle against Russell Wilson. If I had to bet one side of this game, so I can, this is one of those games where I can see the Niners winning by 20, but if I had to take one side of three and a half, I would take the Seattle side and and then just watch yeah. the game and
3: know I'll be happy either way yeah um yeah we at times so there's been times in this podcast where we said that Seattle had value in the NFC West then there was times we said San Francisco had value in the NFC West hopefully you're carrying both of those and like you end up with just like a pure profit there but um for example if you have some 49ers futures to win the NFC West a Seattle bet is not the worst thing in the world right well because it has some, expected ev anyway i have some 49ers futures i'll tell you that yeah, yeah.
2: uh so you would take if you just didn't have any leverage any other, I, I would take way.
3: seattle but but again i don't think it's going to make well it did not make our, our picks column and it's not something that i'm that i'm gonna like like as lock of the week lock of the week material yeah yeah it's I, not the teaser we had last week no absolutely not here's one
2: other angle that i'm i love using the word angle angles makes me feel professional <laughs> uh the this game means a ton for the niners but really doesn't mean as much for the seahawks because it's like the difference between playing at home against the vikings or the road against the nfc least does that in any way play into this does see
3: so seattle doesn't have an opportunity to get a yep. no because they lost last week okay um yeah, that's a good point. I do think it matters, though, because I think I think their home field advantage is significant, and I think they are not afraid of the Vikings. I agree. Like, there's a chance they could play Dallas, right? Like, I would rather play Minnesota at home than Dallas on the road. I understand Philadelphia, but again, but Philadelphia is not like... Philadelphia is not a dumpster fire from a coaching perspective. No. They're just. They're and just as struggle. home underdogs, which they would probably be is the last thing I would want to do. I just think from a
2: travel standpoint, you want to not you want to avoid traveling at all costs as much as possible in the playoffs. Yeah. So uh, I would throw that narrative out the window. All right. Um, next game. Uh, next most important game seems to be Tennessee, Houston. And this one is very interesting to me because. GM Bill O'Brien ever heard of him yeah GM Bill O'Brien is saying that the Houston Texans are going to try and win this game They feel it is important. They're going to play their players I had coach Bill O'Brien I think this is the guy that makes the decisions on practices said that Deshaun Watson would not have practiced with a back injury <laughs> yesterday So I don't know if he's having like an internal battle with himself But there, to me, at least seems like a small chance that Houston, maybe it's a very small chance, but that Houston takes it easy, even if they play Deshaun Watson, because head coach Bill O'Brien will actually be the one making decisions on Sunday. That being said, Houston is a three and a half point underdog at home, which is ridiculous.
3: Yeah, I mean, if you I I say, you know, with our power metrics, I would say that Tennessee is a slightly better team than Houston going right now. Um, But then Houston is at home. Houston, like, so again, and we wrote about this in our article because, you know, to give away the plot, Houston's the pick here, right? But the Houston has something to play for in this game because if they win and Kansas City loses to mm-hmm. the Chargers, who the Chargers have like a positive point differential, they're not, or they did going into two weeks ago, they're not a terrible team. Would you, if you're Houston, wouldn't you rather play? So if you win this game and Kansas City loses, you get Duck Hodges and we're round one of the playoffs. So that's motivation enough for me. If you lose, you get Buffalo, which is not an easy out, in my nope. opinion. So, and then the other, the other thing, which I think is not trivial, you played like horse bleep on Saturday against, against Tampa Bay. Do you, and this is what we're going to talk about for a few of these teams. Do you want to go into the playoffs having played two pretty bad games in a row? I, I don't think so. No. So <laughs> no, you don't. Like, so there's no doubt about it. You want to play well before you go yeah. into the
2: playoffs because men, the mental health yeah. of your team is as important
3: as the physical health. So, so this is a game where I think this is all about the number. If this game was three, you know, Houston minus three, we would take Tennessee in a heartbeat. Right. <laughs> Since this game is three and a half and I, we got it, I got it at six at one point in the week. So if you think about trying to like understand the market, right, opens four and a half gets out to six. Bill O'Brien says what he's about to say. People start to wise up. It gets down to three, three and a half. So you're like you're moving in the right direction of the market. You're not getting the best of the number, but at least there's some support on your side, which I think is meaningful. You're still and you're still getting three. You're still getting a full three and a half. No, no. I mean, you're still getting the number three, right? Right. So
2: like I get the whole movement thing, but the number it's not i going through, it's not going through three. The number that I care most about if I'm taking, if I'm betting this side of things is that I, the Houston victory by three points, or sorry, a Houston loss by three points still gets me uh, a win. And that's, that's still intact and i don't see it moving past that personally so i really like this there's also the jj watt thing um i don't know if he can run deep routes like will fuller but i'd at least give it a try give it a shot there it's crazy to me how much will fuller seems to matter to this team like they can't just find another fast guy to sprint down the middle of the field i think will fuller's good but just get a guy from the track team at Texas? Well, what I
3: think they need to do is I think they need to use Kenny Stills in that role and have Kiki Kuti play some sort of underneath role that Kenny Stills was playing. Because I think Stills is perfectly capable of playing that down-the-field role. Yeah, that's a good call. And and Kuti is a player who has talent who seems to be in Bill O'Brien's doghouse. Uh, Which one, head coach or uh, <laughs> GM Bill O'Brien? Here,
2: here's the thing about Which ben? one do you think his family likes more?
3: Yeah. Here's the thing that we liked about, about New Orleans last week that I think it will carry this week. And you pointed it out, which I give you all the credit for because I was not paying attention to this. Tennessee can't get pressure. They can't. They just can't freaking get pressure. And Watson was pressured eight times two weeks ago in the game that they won in Tennessee, which should not have been as close as it was. Uh, Last week, Drew Brees was pressured six times the entire game. And that puts a lot of strain on a secondary that's that's starting players like LaShawn Sims and and Logan Ryan, who, once he's gotten out of the cocoon, the nest, that is. New England. uh, New England. Uh, that th- that he, he has not been the type of player that I think they want him to be. Um, so this is probably a game. You know, I'm a little worried about Hopkins being sick. Kenny still being li- still is being limited. Obviously Fuller being doubtful. Tunzel I think will play this week. He was limited in practice. So I'm, I'm a little worried about those things adding up. But there's something to play for here for Houston. There's no, there's, it's and, legit. And, and and the thing is, is Tennessee is not. Tennessee is not to be ma- like people I, if I'm if I'm looking at this AFC playoff picture, I do not want Tennessee in the playoffs because they do some things that stretch you, you That's stretch what it's all out. about.
2: You either have to beat them now or, or you've got to
3: beat them later. And and we see this all the time. They do some things to stretch you <laughs> out. <laughs> They're <a yoga> instructor. <laughs> <laughs> so that a and then and then here's the other thing, and, and we've seen this before. Namaste. This narrative is B.S. usually, right? I mean, if the team says they're going to play, they're going to play. We saw it with Minnesota against Chicago last year. Chicago had nothing to play for. If you can't find a way to play hard when you have the potential to either face
2: Doc Hodges in the playoffs or a real NFL team, like you've got do
3: Last year, we had Minnesota with seven-point favorites at home against Chicago. Yep. Chicago said the entire week, we're playing our players, the ones that are healthy, Chicago had a chance to say, okay, we could lay down and then play Minnesota literally the next week in our home stadium. And they went out on the road and, and, and murked Minnesota. And, like, those are the types of things. Like, players play, right? And, and here's the thing about Tennessee. What is the thing we know about Tennessee? They're the most enigmatic team in the entire league, right? The second you think they're good. Yes, they lose bad. two in a row. Um, so this is, I think, a good one. We also. We also want the Tennessee Titans to lose because the their season win total, we would like to True. push to eight. But that had no bearing on no, our no. analysis fact, prior to this. In fact, we would have some, I think, if they were underdogs, we'd have some like incentive to bet them. Sure. But, but no, this is just about the number. All
2: right, let's go to, uh, I want to talk about the two NFC East games. But before we do that, I, have, I don't like bowl games. But there's one pseudo bowl game that I'm willing to watch this week, and that's Cleveland, Cincinnati. This game is so bad that it deserves to be a bowl game. And I have actually pondered what I think the uh the name of this bowl should be. I think it should be like Skyline the Skyline Chili uh Skyline Chili up bowl. bowl Yeah <laughs> <laughs> So I, I I eventually settled on The Skyline Chili Pooper Bowl No the blow up Bowl Well either way, The alliteration so good Right Either way it says the same thing You're going to need a, a Porta potty in, in fast order Presented by Blockbuster he, Are there any Blockbusters? I don't think so Yeah just like these two teams Should not exist anymore um, On the NFL slate Because they're so bad but Cleveland is a, what, two-and-a-half-point favorite in Cincinnati. And what I keep hearing is, well, now that Cincinnati's locked up the number one pick, they're going to win a game. They're
3: going to try to win. Wait, what? They tried to win against Did the Dolphins.
2: Did you watch the Dolphins game? They needed a miracle to not lose by eight points against the Dolphins, who suck. And now they're going to come come in and beat a Cleveland team. If you think Cleveland isn't motivated to win this game, you need to reorder your, your mental you need to uh, reorder situation. your coney at Skyline Chili. Because if Cleveland loses to Cincinnati to close out the season, they
3: can't even go back to Cleveland. I mean, their 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 lockers are not there when they get back.
2: And I always come back to at some point, everything that Cincinnati do, or everything that Cleveland does ends up working out against them. And so this is how winning this game decisively can end up hurting them. Freddie Kitchens should be gone after this season. Mm-hmm. I, you know poor guy put in a bad spot but he just has no idea what he's doing and the only way that he stays is if they blow out cincinnati and back to seven wins they they look so good in this game that everyone's like you know we got to give him one more shot
3: okay here's here's something as well that i think is not trivial to chubb 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 nick chubb is 47 (laughs) yards away from 1500 yards he's also in the hunting in the in the hunt cream hunt for the rushing yard no he's title. like he just has to not exactly have a blowout yeah, yeah, in this yeah. game and he uh, wins it odell beckham jr
2: how does how does the rushing champion not lead uh, their team to the playoffs you, you know he, he's he, also yeah. the highest graded running <laughs> yeah, back yeah, yeah, so it's not, like, it's not a fluke the guy's awesome and it just doesn't matter because the rest of the team sucks
3: odell beckham jr is 46 yards away from a thousand yard mm-hmm. season which you know matters to him yep um the Mayfield, you know. Well, let May- me tell you the motivation for Mayfield. Yeah. <laughs> Mayfield's on six commercials every Sunday.
2: Yeah. And if this guy gets rocked by the worst team in the NFL, that is a bad look.
3: Yeah. So it's actually now three, but we, you know, we printed out minus two and a half. I imagine three is minus 100 or something like that, right? Or yes. plus 100, sorry. Um, so, but it was a game we printed out along with Houston uh, in our spread picks column. Go to pff.com.
2: And then, can I say one last thing about this, which is it's in Cincinnati. It's a couple blocks from my apartment, yeah and I have yet to see Cincinnati fans actually walking towards that stadium. No one is going to those games. There's going to be more Browns fans there than Cincinnati Bengals fans. I mean, like the home field part of this is just a joke. <laughs> I want a Jersey count. I want to know how many more Mayfield and Burroughs jerseys. Uh, Burrow jerseys, there are than Dalton jerseys. I just because like, there's no sentimental value for Andy
3: Dalton. Do you know we, we talk none? About, we talk about Uber drivers on the show a lot, and my favorite Uber drivers are the ones who refer to him as Burrows. Mm.
2: <laughs> <laughs> What's another? There's another guy that's like that who they always, I always put an S on. Oh, Chase Daniel, <laughs> Chase Daniels. Um, yeah, Burrows. <laughs> By the way, you said so the Chubb Chub. They're yeah. chanting of Chubb. The story behind that is that we were watching the Browns game a couple weeks back and we just happened to have the sound on, and Beth Moens is calling the game. God bless her. And I don't remember the exact context, but we happened to turn the sound on right at the moment that she's going, Chubb, Chubb, Chubb. Come on. Yes, that's where the <laughs> joke comes from. And everyone just started dying laughing because it's oh, like, you know, God. poor Beth Moans over here is trying to get through this awful. Browns game. Oh my goodness! And yeah, we so catch her
3: at the wrong. I moment. think the Browns are the side here. It's tough, but I I think fundamentally speaking, like this is again another we got we got job by them when they were short road favorites against Arizona. But what does Arizona have? Arizona has Kyler Murray, and a good coach. The Our Cincinnati Bengals have Andy Dalton and Zach Taylor, who, with all due respect to both of those men, are not uh, not somebody I'm scared of. Yep, I'm with you. All right,
2: let's go to the—let's really quickly talk about the two NFC East games, because I think people care about them. The Eagles are—I think—the Eagles are favorites on the road in New York. Mm -hmm. Dallas are huge favorites at home against the Redskins. There's a reason that Dallas still has a 27% chance to make the playoffs. And that is that the Eagles are not very good. Yeah. And the Cowboys, it would be hard for them to lose this game, right? Like they are a, fundamentally, you talk about fundamentals with respect to the Browns, which is hilarious, by the way. Dallas, their fundamentals were not on display against Philly, but they're at home against Washington. You'd figure like AC joint, you could just throw it out and just run the ball and beat this team. So the interesting thing to me is, if you are, if you have Dallas to win, the uh, the division, how how you know what's the best way to hedge this? Because there is obviously opportunity. Are you just taking um, Philly money line?
3: Yeah. The problem is, is you have this. You're you're going to lose money if you do that, right? Because your issue is, you, you know, you're. It depends about where you are, two ten, two twenty or whatever, you're laying that with Philadelphia and there you know, you were at, at points in time getting minus one fifty with Dallas, minus two hundred to win the NFC East. So it's mostly just a okay, I need to I need to recoup some losses here, but you're going to if you do that, you're going to really kick yourself if Philly loses and, and, and uh Dallas goes ahead uh and wins that game. Um, we, we would make the money line price More like minus 207 in this game So it's not a positive EV play it might just be One of those where you just kind of you know you Eat the loss there uh, or Hope that that the Giants come To play which I think I mean honestly I I think That the Giants have a better than Punchers chance of winning this game I do too I really do The Giants are are Playing for the momentum going
2: Into next season which is the greatest thing on the yeah, planet yeah. to think that matters but they are they are playing with both that and i think they like pat Shermer, and so they're kind of playing for pat Shermer's job i think to a certain extent where it's mm-hmm. like hey if we just finish strong and pat Shermer's a good coach he is a good coach so i think there's a lot of ways that the giants can win this game against philly i'm surprised that we don't really like the giants
3: um yeah if anything we like we would like philadelphia here but i think a lot of that has to do with danny dimes Yes, his grade being different than some of the production we've seen. And that can certainly happen. I, I think, to me, there are two outcomes in this game. There, the one outcome is that Daniel Jones plays every bit as well as he played against Washington last week, and this is a shootout. Mm-hmm. And, and it's, and it's going to be a lot of fun to watch. And if that's the case, right, like let's say New, New York gets up a couple touchdowns, then by all means hedge your bets on Philadelphia yep. in-game, right, because then you're going to get a positive EV situation on those, right? Or you're going to get a game where Jones just fumbles the football, throws interceptions, all that kind of stuff, and you're out, right? I I kind of lean towards the former because, you know, they put Ronald Darby on IR this week. Mm-hmm. Rasul Douglas was playing. Jalen Mills is playing for, for Philadelphia right now. Um, the linebackers for the Eagles are not particularly no. good. Like, Saquon Barkley is looking like he's hitting his stride in the passing game as well as the run game. I don't know. I man this would be this would be the this cherry on top for
2: your eagles are the falcons take yes yes this, yes. yes. This the would falcons, be falcons would lose this game every single time i mean there's just no doubt about it like they would certainly lose this game um all righty uh let's move on there are a couple other games that kind of matter um let's go let's go pittsburgh baltimore rg3 Doc hodges who's the better quarterback in this game
3: We're gonna get called wishy-washy or turncoats, but yeah, it's RG3 (laughs) I don't know if
2: I can go that far Here's the thing that's interesting about this game to me. So say RG3 is the better quarterback fine The Ravens are certainly the better team. You know, they're resting a bunch of their players, whatever but even though they're playing RG3, they don't want him to get injured because Then in the playoffs, they're, you know, uh, a nick up away from having, like, a total catastrophe out there. Because if they can't put RG3 in to back up Lamar, like, who do they have? Right? They're putting Mark Ingram running the Wildcat. So, I actually think they kind of keep it a little safe with RG3. And that would worry me because that means RG3 is throwing the ball. Yeah. Which can't be
3: good for anyone. Yeah. But at the same—so— Right, and we can we consider this because even with RG three out, our numbers still like uh, the Ravens here. Um, yeah, and if RG and if uh, uh, Lamar was in, it'd be even worse, right? So, <clears throat> but um, but the issue is is that Duck you know Duck Hodges ha- has been able to at times throw YOLO passes to receivers who can make plays. And I'm afraid without, you know, Earl and probably Marcus Peters, without some of those players in the game, he can get maybe two plays. And I think the first team to 14 points in this game wins. So, like, so I would hate to be in a position where RG3 and the Ravens have to come back from 14 down in this situation, right? Yes. Um, There's obviously other situations where, you know, Duck throws a pick six and, you know, and the Ravens win this game ten three, and everybody's happy. But I, you know, that's that's the concern I have. Well, that's one of the reasons
2: that so this totals at thirty seven, and I like over thirty seven because the Ravens' defense, I think, takes advantage of Doc Hodges here, and the the Steelers then have to put, you know, they put Mason Rudolph in, or you know, put uh, who is the third guy. Uh, no, Paxton Lynch. Paxton Lynch. That's right. They put Pax and Lynch in there. Also, Marquise Pouncey's out, which is a benefit to the Steelers because he's not very good. He's so, all-decade team member George. Put some right. respect on that guy's name. <laughs> right. Uh, so, I kind of like the the over there too. Just okay. Throw it out there, but I'm not sure that this is. I'm not sure. I feel confident enough in RG three to like him more than Deshaun Watson in the game that he needs to win uh all right next game that actually kind of matters is that uh green bay detroit
3: yeah let's do green bay detroit briefly i i like detroit this game i like detroit last week against denver so what do i know about them but i i like i like detroit yeah i I do too it's just a matter of
2: like how how willing are you to to invest in david Blue blow 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 Whatever the hell his name is, yeah. I mean, that's that's really. He's the tr- been he's not been very good. No, seventeen passer rating under pressure is very bad. But the good news is that Kenny Galladay that is generally good. regresses.
3: Yeah, yeah. and meet. Kenny Galladay was making plays. He continues to make plays for that team. Carryon Johnson played for that team last week, or I believe so. But, but anyway, they had some. They had actually some success last week, and this is a double-digit spread. I don't think Green Bay is good enough to beat teams by double digits com- r- repeatedly. Yeah, especially on the roads. I mean, they're now facing a much better quarterback than they did last week. Stop, stop, stop. Yeah,
2: I, I like the Lions getting twelve and a half as well um, in a you know like week where there's just not a lot out there. Yeah, I can get on board with it. How tilted would Vikings fans be if the Lions won this game outright? Pretty tilted. <laughs> I would say on a, on a scale of one to extremely tilted, they'd be extremely tilted. <laughs> yeah. Uh, okay, Kansas City, uh, LAC, the Clippers, the worst Clippers team. Uh, total 44.5, spread now down to eight. Um, I think this was, what, nine, nine and a half earlier? Yeah. And we were both like, hey, Chiefs are just going to st- steam them. But I don't really feel that way anymore. And I think if I had to pick one side of this game, like game, I might just have to go with the over.
3: Yeah, I think over. the The thing is, is the Kansas City Chiefs just absolutely own the AFC West, and and like to an absolutely preposterous degree. So, uh, I'm I would stay away from this game, even the over, just because you know this total is seven points worse than it was when they when we bet them um, in Mexico, and I still think you know after watching that game, it's just it's tough for me because. The Chargers are slow and inefficient. Yep. If slow and inefficient doesn't make um, slow and inefficient doesn't make for good uh, you know, good totals. I couldn't agree more. Um, however, the Chiefs march to Miami
2: begins here. So that's right. Keep that in mind. Carolina at home against New Orleans, Will Greer part two. The Panthers are thirteen point underdogs. The Saints need to win this game, um, because it will keep them. Uh, playing at home, and that's what they want to do, obviously. So, are they just going to go out and blow out the Panthers? To me, this is this is all about whether Will Greer is actually as terrible as he was. His zero big time throws; eight percent of his throws or plays were turnover worthy. <laughs> just really, really unfortunate. He threw
3: the ball like I single handedly lost a fantasy championship because he just threw the ball to McCaffrey. Like that was the only guy on the team that he was willing to throw the ball to. I mean, not even like. Yeah It was unbelievable I mean That's just Ugh Well here's the thing That I'm gonna be really upset with If this game gets out to 14 I think there'll be some value In Carolina Which ugh. Yeah I'm well, not here for that Wow Yeah I can get away from that Uh
2: Any other meaningful games I don't think there really are Right
3: Uh Well New England Miami New England I believe has to win To keep Kansas City From the two seed True Uh Maybe. They are 16 point favorites <laughs> At home against Miami, do you have any...
2: I mean, it seems pretty darn efficient.
3: <laughs> yeah, I mean, in, oh, here's a question. So the total here... Is, so we talked about teasers last week. Total here, 44 and a half. Yeah. If you tease Miami out to 22, <laughs> would that be a good leg?
2: It's hard to imagine the Patriots even scoring more than 22 points. Right? Thank you. So, yes. However, from a lock of the week standpoint... I think you're going to have to convince me against Houston plus three and a half.
3: Okay. Um, Would you like to try and do that? Yes. I, I. So the only issue is that we could be in a position Friday or Saturday where all these guys are out. And that's a sinking feeling. It is. I think if that happens, though, we could pivot.
2: As in change our lock of the week. So what we do is we say, okay, look, our lock of the week is going to be Houston plus three and a half. But we're going to wait to place this bet until Friday. I see. And if not, then if, if all those guys get ruled out, then we're going to go with whatever
3: mm-hmm. number two is. Yeah. How do you feel about that? <sighs> okay. What? Okay. What would number two be Cleveland? I, I don't know. See, I, I, so here's a couple of games that don't have any meaning that I kind of like. You want to put in there. Okay. Buffalo minus two against the Jets Now that number was one now it's two And minus one and a half 115 if you look Otherwise Minnesota minus one against Chicago those two games to Me if I'm thinking about If I'm thinking about um, Like how this looks Motivation wise both of the teams Are assured a playoff Spot they're at home it's their Last home game of the season in all likelihood And in fact in Minnesota's case yes Neither team wants to go into the playoffs With two consecutive losses Neither team wants to go into the playoffs With consecutive losses The last uh, uh, yep. Both of which against division rivals Right True I think both teams in a, And especially in the case of the Vikings I think Are pretty solid picks Okay Wow I almost can For me to like the Vikings You ha- You know I, that there has to be a reason for it There is really something special there Yes That's for sure I would say,
2: of those two, the Vikings are the more compelling side. I, because, just, just because of the way the Bears have played all season, and it's like, like what hope do the Bears have of actually winning this game? I, I can't imagine. That and
3: there's no, and there's way. no spoiler. There's no spoiler for them either, right? Like, they're not, like, knocking the Vikings out of the playoffs. Ha-ha, you know. Yep, we're, yep. There's also, like, legitimately... There's also legitimately, like, nothing the Bears do well anymore. Offensively, like, they've not done
2: anything well all season. And in order to beat the Vikings, you're going to have to... Sco- at home, you're going to have to score more than 20 points, as the, the Green Bay Packers did. The New York Jets... I want to get away from like the potential of the Sam Darnold end of season having, thing. Having
3: a good, solid, you yeah. know, um,
2: and so I think if I had to take one of those as the second option, I'd go with the Vikings.
3: Okay, so let let's pre let's preliminarily look. Okay, so let's let's say let's say it's Houston, and for the purposes of grading this on the picks column, it's yeah. plus three and a half. But for the sake of the Lock Week, let's see where the number is good or bad let's say sunday morning and let's have, and let's grade on that okay so, so so houston is our pick but again we're gonna houston's wait on the playing,
2: number if houston's playing everybody we're going with houston yeah. and hopefully they can help us donate some money but we to will but
3: we will we will go by what the number is sunday then yeah yeah. even if it's like plus two and a half we get screwed but yes
2: yeah <laughs> uh all right i don't think there's any reason to discuss any of these other games right uh do you want to run through them quickly
3: well, no. I mean, there's no. Let let let's not even like if you if you have to let's do let's just run through them if, them. if
2: you have to pick them, I'm in a pick'em league where I'm like a few games out of first place, like 300 people. Okay, so, so I T- need your help. Tampa Bay against Atlanta. Tampa Bay is a one and a half point favorite. I think um, I think you've got to take. <laughs>
3: do it uh James winston yes because Jameis is not as bad as falcons okay uh. uh we already talked about dallas that line's pretty efficient denver minus three against oakland this game actually does matter because oakland has like a That's very true. small
2: chance to make the play they have a minute chance and uh, Denver, and right and so for that reason like I feel like Denver's the right side because yeah. there's no way the Raiders play well enough to win a game that matters. Okay, Indianapolis against... Uh, no, Josh Jacobs. Indianapolis versus <laughs> Jacksonville. Uh, Jacksonville is a four-point underdog at home. Uh, I'm pretty torn on this one. I think the model would like lean a little bit towards Jacksonville, but... Yeah. I don't know. I mean, Jacksonville getting four points at home...
3: Yeah, uh, I don't think the Colts have the goods anymore. To be quite honest with you, I think Jacksonville probably covers this. Although I'm not sure. Here's one that's interesting, and I guess we haven't even considered putting Blake Bortles in yet. So, because uh, I got this, that I got Arizona at plus seven and a half early in the week. Yeah, it is now. If it's Hunley Bortles, if it's Hunley Bortles. Uh, but right now it looks like the line is four and a half. What do you think? I'm going to yeah, put Bortles in the model. If it's four and a half, then um, then I would take the Bortles led Rams.
2: Okay, Brett Hundley does not. Yes, right. Give In me any a, a a a pick there. Yeah, especially because, um, the Rams, like Goff, has not played great all year. I don't love Blake Bortles, but yeah. Plus,
3: the defense for the Ram, the, the Cardinals, is an absolute trap.
2: The difference between Goff and Bortles is smaller than the difference between Calum Murray and. Brett Hundley.
3: As good as Brett Hundley played, it was more a product of Seattle. Literally, in just many cases, no one out there well, defense. Well, also just being unprepared for literally anything that could at them. True. No, I'm with you there.
2: All right, uh, those are the games. I don't think there's anything else to discuss. Um, and I don't, I don't really have a, a
3: Cincy Why story for you. Well, cause unfortunately. I, right? Because it was Christmas time. Have you managed to make it to the Minnesota Why. No, no, I did. I took a. I took a. Well, it's cold there. I didn't yeah, realize how is. cold it is there anymore. But I. Th- I figured Cincinnati being in the Midwest was like uh. almost as cold, but it's not. It's legitimately worse there. So I took like a walk one day and I froze my ass off and I was like, okay, n- not no more of this.
2: You're done. My Cincy Y story is that I tried to go on Christmas Eve and apparently they closed early and <laughs> I was pissed. How can you close a gym early? Anyways, everything closes in Cincinnati during Christmas apparently.
3: Well that's that was the thing I flew when I flew home, so that that's like maybe a good sur- so I'm like one of the things i I like doing at airports is getting a cup of coffee, especially like a like a caribou coffee from you know Minnesota so I'm driving home from Wisconsin, yeah. nothing's open on the ride home nah. i i I get a headache because I have caffeine withdrawal. I get to the airport, only Chinese places are open at the airport, which I get because like the the whole like juicy Chinese food on christmas thing yep. but i but, like, literally no coffee shops were open at the airport. And I was there, like, two hours early. I had work to do. And I'm like, this really is the coffee? world.
2: Yeah. I told you not to go that early because I don't think that many people are traveling Christmas night. They yeah, listen to me. There were, there were big lines, but then there were, there were not. Yeah, it was just travesty. Anyway. Anywho, the uh, playoffs start next week. We'll be here for you early. Monday morning, talk about all the playoff matchups and the look headlines for those. In the meantime, you can head to pff.com and read all of the wonderful things that uh, are written up there, some good stuff this week. And uh, thanks, guys. Peace out.